Welcome to Fans of the Forge. I'm Chris, and to my right we have... Teresa. And today we are wrapping up Season 5, Episode 18, The Pioneer Sword. You ready to jump right into this one? Yep. Okay. First contestant we have is Mark, who had 10 years of full-time experience, and he was going out for his journeyman in the ABS. So that's, that's cool. Next, we had John, who had 45 years of part-time experience. Then we had Nicholas, with seven years part-time experience, and had been doing it since middle school. Mm-hmm. Um, he told a story about working on it in middle school, I believe. And, and almost catching the house on fire? Is that the... He melted aluminum down and figured out very quickly you can't forge aluminum. <laughs> And then there was Garen, who had 15 years of part-time experience and was a dental assistant. So, everybody picked Mark to win this thing. Going for journeyman, is there any surprise? Yeah, the, the guys obviously win. got good got credentials, skills. you know? like So, that's what we did. Teresa picked John as her underdog. And then Sean and I both picked Nicholas as our underdog. Although I don't know that the journeyman thing came out until after we made our picks, right? So I, th- like we, we picked, didn't know that, and then it came out that he was going for his journeyman. We're like, oh, yeah, okay. we all felt a lot better about our picks <laughs> after that. So this one had a very interesting introduction with the judges. Anyway. With the judges doing something that we weren't sure that if we did it, we would be making fun of Doug too much. <laughs> So we stopped doing it, and and really Sean had been doing it, but I also threw one in here and there. So now I'm going to bring it back. Okay. Or should I wait for Sean to be here to do a a legit one? All right, I won't do it. I'll wait for Sean to return before we get back into it, because now I don't think we need to feel bad if we do it too. (laughs) And I'm very excited to be able to do that side by side with Sean. I didn't do it. Nope. But I almost did. Anyway, so Jay and Dave both did little bows when they were introduced. They took Doug move, Doug's move. They took it. And then Doug was just like, oh, what? I don't uh, know what to do. So hi. I'm wave. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> it was funny. And uh, Sean uh, commented he also, like, when he was watching that, laughed out loud at the very beginning part of that episode. So that was nice. <laughs> so getting into the first challenge, they had to use rescue uh, tools to create a multifunction tool. They... <laughs> John's whole career was as a firefighter. So this was, he thought, would be right up his alley. He knew how to use these tools. He knew what they were. Right, right. And so they had to use a crowbar, a sledgehammer, or a fire hook. And they had to use one or more of these tools to create their multifunction tool. They had to have a cutting edge between 4 inches and 10 inches. They had to have prying teeth, like a crowbar. And they needed to have a hammerhead implemented in the design. So... They all went for their design time, and they had two people kind of similar design, mm-hmm. and then the other ones kind of varied a little bit. We'll get right into that. So Mark, he designed his with the hammer on the spine. He made a knife with a hammer on the spine. Well, yeah. That's okay. worth noting. That's worth noting. Because his was they don't knife all make knives. With a hammer on the spine, he used a sledgehammer for his material, and he made a comment about how he went on the show because he didn't want to be a couch seat commenter, somebody that had been yelling at the TV, why are they doing that? Why are they doing that? Kind of like us, me, us a little <laughs> bit. It was an interesting reason why he chose to go on the show. And 
Um, but in general, his design was very good. The judges commented that that one made the most sense right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Then they had Nick, who had the hammer on the pommel, and Garen also had his hammer on his pommel area, so that when you had to use it to n- nail something down, you'd have to like hold it by the hammer and slam it down right on the base of the knife. And judges, I don't think, were are a fan of that right off the bat just because it would be very difficult. You wouldn't be able to get as much power. Yeah, I mean, Jay Nielsen even said, go home and take a hammer and go like this with it <laughs> instead of the usual hammering motion. Right. And so the only other thing that we noticed was when he went to go make his pommel, he used the smashing on the ground method, mm-hmm. which is a legitimate method for making that hammerhead that helps flare out the bottom when you're hitting it on a flat surface like that. But again, he chose not a great spot to put it. And then when he was forging, he had a very thin blade and it left his knife open for the possibility of it being brittle in the tip area because it was so thin there and he was sticking the tip in first when he was doing his heat treating. Thereby making it hotter and you know more prone to be brittle. Right. Then John, he decided not to make a knife. He wanted to go an ax mm-hmm. with his and he also used a sledgehammer he used the whole head of the sledgehammer, which I don't know if Mark did or not, but it looked like he did when he started. But for some, somehow he managed to get his work down a lot quicker, mm-hmm. whereas uh, John left a huge, beefy part there. It was, and yeah, it was noted by the judges that really only used about half of the sledgehammer yeah, head instead of the whole thing. Yeah, he should have cut it in half first. So it was hard for him to work with it. The thing weighed like 12 pounds, so... It's a pain in the neck to be working on mm-hmm. as well as being difficult to use when it is a tool. So at one point he had trouble getting it into the forge and had to use the vise to break part of his axe tip off mm-hmm. so that he could fit it in and do the rest of what he needed to do to get it in there and heat treated. And then he quenched it. Didn't really have any issues. Part of it was probably because there was so much material there that it's harder for that much material to warp, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, And then after he quenched, it was still super hot. It retained the heat from the forge Mm -hmm. so much, so he couldn't just leave it in the oil to cool down. He just put it in the water to cool down and then immediately dropped it into the bottom of the bucket. (laughs) He had to go fishing. To which Will says, the child of Loch Ness lives in there. Apparently the barrel's pretty gross. And then I'm going to make a meme out of this quote and put a little, make it look really fancy script and have like clouds in the background and say, there is no shower strong enough in the world for what he's been doing. And then underneath it, there'll be a dash Jane Nielsen. And that'll be up on the Facebook page for everyone to admire. (laughs) So the only other thing to note about the actual first round, uh, work portion was that Garen's Garen's design was similar to Nick's. He actually warmed his oil at one point because he wanted to have it the right temperature to get the maximum effect out of his his heat treating and the quenching. And unfortunately, the way he did it was just by heating up a piece of rebar, shoving it in the oil ahead of time, and then taking it out. So he had no way of knowing what temperature it would be. Mm-hmm. He was just kind of guessing, and he had to end up quenching it going in, heat treating and quenching again to be able to get the right hardness on his material because the oil got too hot. So now we move on to the judging. 
there's not anything really to say here beyond that the judges did not like the hammerheads on the pommel area of the tool. But because John's was just so freaking huge, it was too hard to, to it would be too hard to work with unless he completely redesigned and like chopped huge amounts of mass off of the thing. And so because it was too heavy, John was eliminated. My underdog's gone. Underdog is gone. So Round we, two. Round two. Round two is where they make the handles. So Garen used a torch to draw out the temper. He wanted to make the pry on the tip of his knife so that um, when they went to go use it, if it was going to get damaged, he wanted it to bend and not break. And he thought that uh, drawing out the temper would accomplish that. Um, Nick went on with Corby bolts, which are kind of locking within the knife itself. Mm -hmm. So that was fun vocabulary for us to learn. He had some issues with those Corby bolts. It took him a little while to get through that. Um, eventually, he got it. But then towards the end of the round, it was noted that he only had 10 minutes to sharpen his blade, and he chose to use a strop instead of the grinder belt. Right. Mark, the judges commented that he could be done super early. Round two went pretty well for Mark. He uh, probably had the least amount that he had to really do and fix from round one to round oh, two. Oh, yeah. His his design was solid for, and almost complete at round one. Just the mm -hmm. handle really needed to be added and, every, and just some minor finishing up. So. Um, so then when they go to the judging, they had to use this multi-tool to pry, hammer, and chop all sorts of nails. Um, Nick went first. On the prying, he broke one of the teeth off and while doing this test he also or his knife also uh, buried the nail in trying to get it out yeah just the way that that jay he was, was trying, trying to, dig, to it in. dig it in it was just pushing the head down farther yeah. into the wood and, and making it lean farther forward it was not not great um jay's hand also slipped on the hammer so while he's trying to use this pommel what happened was exactly what he said would happen when you're trying to hammer something with the end of a hammer. Um, his hand kept slipping and he kind of kept punching the wood. And then um, with the chopping, Nick's blade was actually okay. Yeah. Pretty well on the chop. Yep. Then we go on to Mark. He passed all three tests. The pry was good. He actually got the nail out. The hammer was good. Um, the only issue with the hammer was that because it was the width of the spine of the blade, it was narrow and kind of hard to aim, but it worked pretty well. Um, and then on the chop, his edge suffered some wrinkles. But then Garen came up and he had a catastrophic fail on the pry. So for as much as he was trying to draw out the temper to make it bend and not break, the whole blade broke yeah, instead was, of just the tooth. It was a nasty little break there for, yeah, for that particular micro test. fracture is that what they call it yeah that was i think david baker baker pointed out mm -hmm. that it was um a micro fracture was somewhere within the actual blade that probably did him in yeah so that was you know end of round two garen got the boot chris and sean are getting points are getting no matter points. <laughs> how we, we look at this points sean we're getting points buddy yes but Teresa also still has the opportunity to get points i do so And I'm still in the lead otherwise. <laughs> rub it in. <laughs> You're pretty close. I'm going to rub it in as long as I can. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So for round three, they had to make pioneer swords, which were key utility tools used during the 18th and 19th century, uh, specifically during the Crimean War. And they were being used for building bridges and digging trenches. And these they had a serrated spine 
to be used for chopping down trees. So it was a pretty, pretty neat multi-tool weapon to have. In theme. Exactly. <laughs> so for the specs, they had to have fullers on each side of the blade. They needed to have a functional saw on their multi-tool piner sword. And they needed to have cast bronze guard and handles with decorative work. And the cast bronze threw both of them a little bit for a loop. Mm -hmm. It's not something they normally have to do. And casting is a completely different set of skills. Set of skills, yeah, because you have to design it in reverse. Or you kind of like have to design it and then... It's like make you just, a mold right. and then you can cast it. So it's it's a multi-step process. And so it's not just like you make the handle. You make the handle and then you press it into some form. And then you have to melt bronze and pour it into that form right. to then get the bronze handle out. And I think, I don't remember if they bolted it in two pieces, but it seemed like, well, we'll get into how, what happened there. So, so when they go home, um, we'll start with Nick. He decided to make a Damascus blade. He started with his blade on day one um, and then forged it on day two. Day three, he spent casting his bronze. Right. Um, and then on day four, he quenched his blade and uh, got a warp in the blade. Right. On day five, when he went to go fix that warp in the vise, he snapped his blade Oof. on day five. Within the day, which means that he had to start all over oh. with less than 10 hours to go. <laughs> Serrated and fullers and everything. Oh, geez. That's rough. That is super rough. We had the rest of it together, though. The rest of it being <laughs> the handle. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So, for Mark, on the first day he was casting his bronze, he, he had a blowout. So, there's a hole in the cast somewhere right. he used sand so was he, a sand casting yeah so he um got compacted sand and put his mold in there and then i think what happened was when he poured his bronze in the sand like shifted or something and mm -hmm. and the bronze just kind of oozed out and it didn't there was a hole in his handle when he was all said and done yeah on day two he managed to get a successful cast and then moving on to day three, he worked on forging his blade. For him to wait till day three to do that part, I mean, I, I understand he was he was concerned about the cast, but he was pretty confident that he would be able to get that blade made quickly if he could hold off to day three to begin doing Just anything starting, for yeah. it. Yeah. And then by day five, all he had to do was the fit and finish. Really, it was it was good to go. He opted not to test it in the shop. He said, if it's going to break, I'd rather break it there. That always makes me nervous when they say something like that. Like, oh, if they don't test it. But I mean, then, okay, he, if you let's test say it, he okay. tests it and he breaks it. He's he has to start all over again on day five and not at the beginning of day five like Nick, in the middle of day five. Yeah, so I get it. At that point, you have a finished weapon at least you can still go there. If it breaks in the first test, well, you made it to the show at least. Mm -hmm. So That's something to present. Moving on to our judging. Uh, we've got the kill test first. Uh, I don't know why I thought when Doug was introducing it that he would be back. He's not back. So <laughs> <laughs> it was another RJ test. Yeah, they had a deer carcass to test their kills on. Um, both of them will kill. Marks was heavy. Um, Nicholas cut the thing clean in half. 
Um, and that was a lot of fun. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Oh, duck. Do you think he writes his own dad jokes? Hmm. That's a good or question. Or are they provided for him? I by don't the know. Producers? I don't want to say I don't want to say that there'd be people assigned to writing these jokes for Doug because really? But I have to think it's I have I to. mean, to some extent it's scripted. So whoever's mm. writing the script for like Will doing his yeah. introduction and all that, do they just write in dad jokes? <laughs> I wonder if they have like multiple takes of him just reading through a bunch of like dad jokes written out. <laughs> Interesting. Maybe if they invite us to watch an episode being recorded sometime, we could find out. (laughs) Fortune fire people, get at us. So then we had the strength test, which was the horse skull smash. It was exactly what it sounds like. There was a reasoning for the horse skull. Why was it a horse? Just because it was Pioneer and Pioneers have horses? Something like that. Maybe it had to do with the actual way it could have been used in a battle or something. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's brutal to talk about. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, this was Jay Nielsen smashing with this pioneer sword. And for Mark, just went right to town, smashed it to bits. A bone piece, a bone fragment flew during the test and like went inside his like button down shirt. Yeah, Jay had a lot of fun with this one. Yeah, Jay really <laughs> loved like smashing these horse skulls. Like, but anyway, so a, po- a piece actually lands in his shirt and like for a second there I'm like, did, did that, that happen? go in his shirt? And Does then that? he digs it out, so yes. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> wow, that's cool. And then for Nick, his just smashed the thing to bits like so fast to the point that to get the third strike, Jay Nielsen had to search for a piece of skull to smash. Yeah. Like there was actual airtime of him like looking, holding like the blade, late. looking for a spot to smash. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, it was a difficult to control weapon, and the handle on it was a little too sharp for being for use without like cutting into yourself or digging into your hand. So it had, even though it smashed well. It had some issues. And then the final test. Um, They had a bag attached to a rope where they would saw the rope, they being Dave Baker, saw the rope, and then the bag would swing. It was a burlap bag that had to then be sliced, which I'm curious to know. This is not the first time that they've done this test. What is the plan if it doesn't pass the first part of the test? If they can't (laughs) saw through that rope, are they just like, oh, you fail? Like, don't even get to the sharpness part? Okay, so that's my question. I have to assume that maybe they would then, maybe Dave Baker would turn it around and try to just like do a quick chop or something just to keep it going. But that would definitely get brought up in the testing or the, yeah. in the judging afterwards. So they both passed this. Mark um, had a weighty beast, as Dave said, and then Nick had a sharp handle. It came yep. up again. So with all of that being taken into consideration... Mark wins, and we all get points. Oh, yeah. It's the points for everybody. (laughs) So that means here's the leaderboard. As of today, Teresa is still in the lead with 18 points. I am still in second with 16 points. You're an underdog away. away. One underdog away (laughs) from tying. And then Sean, he's moving on up a little bit. He's at 11 points. You got a little bit of work here, Sean. We don't know how many episodes are left of this season. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to see how this goes for you, bud. And we still have to figure out what the prize is for whoever wins season five. I've got some ideas. 
Teresa has some ideas. <laughs> You'll have to share those with the rest of us. But for now, we'll leave it a surprise. And that's that. Next week, Sean and I will be recording two more episodes while Teresa is away again. I camp. And so much fun. We'll have uh, the episode for that week as well as one of the older episodes. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the current plan. And Sean and I are really getting amped up. We got a blacksmithing class coming up in not one about one week from now. So yeah. we are excited. We cannot wait to get into that forge and actually try blacksmithing out. And get some kind of idea of what we're talking about. Hopefully we are <laughs> not so incredibly terrible at this. But you never know. We'll see how it goes. With that being said, thank you for following and subscribing to our videos and watching them and liking our social media such as Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All the places. All the things we have. Our subscriber count is slowly going up and I'm I'm pretty happy with that. Last I checked, we were at 48 subscribers. Which, organic growth, am I right? Hey, that's (laughs) nice. So, thanks everybody for supporting us and thanks everybody that's been on the show that's been contacting us. We are looking at our schedule and trying to figure out when we can schedule all these possible interviews. We do have a couple things in the works, so hopefully within the next few weeks we'll get another interview out there Mm -hmm. and maybe... Uh, a couple other neat little videos coming soon. So that's it. That's the episode. Thank you for watching, and we will catch you in the next one. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Doug Cam? Sean wasn't here. Was got, it. got it in there right before I hit the button. Points, no matter points. how we, we look at this. Points. Get points. Oh, yeah. It's the points. For everybody. <laughs>